So guys, we've been talking about social media and how you and I, we are like the online generation and we live like so much of our lives on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all the deal. And we've been talking about how it's a really great thing, um, but that it is an area of our lives where we need a filter. And we're not just talking about, you know, the filter that you can put on Instagram on a picture. We're actually talking about filters that we put on like what we post and how we use social media. A couple uh, times ago, we talked about our self-image and our self-worth and how we can't let what other people say or post or whether they like or don't like something determine how we feel about ourselves. We've got to put up a filter and let God determine who we are and, and determine our self-worth. So we talked about that. And then we talked about um, the way that we use our words when we post and that we really have a choice between building up and tearing down. Like one of those two things is going to happen and that we need to filter up when it comes to what we post. Is this going to build up or is this going to break? Is this going to build up or is this going to tear down? And sometimes before hitting send, we need to hit pause. And so we've talked about two like massive areas of social media. And uh, today we want to hit another big one. This one's going to strike a little bit close to home. We want to talk about social media and sex. That's right. That's what I said. Um, and that shouldn't come as a surprise because think about it. Social media at its basic function is a tool for connecting people. And in this series, we've talked about how that can be a really, really good thing. In fact, we've talked about how we want you to enjoy connecting with people on social media more than you even currently are. Um, but we've also talked about how this very thing that can be good can also be bad. And uh, we know that there are things that can not only hurt you, but cause you to enjoy social media a lot less. And in my experience, working with teenagers and adults, one of the times when our tweeting and Snapchatting and Instagramping represents like the biggest potential for trouble or for hurt or for problems is when there are no other human beings physically present. Namely, I'm talking about when you're feeling lonely. You see, loneliness puts us at risk for doing something foolish faster than just about anything on earth. Isn't that true? Like if you were to think back on your biggest regrets, you'd probably discover that you felt lonely at the time. Even if you were with someone else or a group of people, you probably still felt alone. Like you were looking for acceptance and that's why you did what you did. And it makes sense because that's what all people are looking for like all the time. But when your acceptance bucket feels most empty, which equals loneliness, that's when you'll start scrambling to fill it. And you won't always fill it with good things. I mean, trust me, I've been there. Here's how it works. It's like a formula. I call it the trouble formula. Loneliness plus privacy plus social media equals trouble. When you're feeling lonely and wanting acceptance and it's late at night and there's no one else around and you have access to social media, that's when you need to be on high alert. This is when you're most likely to do or say something you wish you hadn't. It's one of the times when you'll be tempted to cross into a place where you see other people as an object or see yourself as an object and left as a person or actually treat yourself or someone else like they're less than human. See, that's what social media can do to us just by the nature of how it's set up. It filters the way we see people. And when we see people as non-human, it's easier to hurt them. One example of that, pornography. The whole idea of pornography is built on objectifying other people by making them seem less real and less of an actual person. Pornography is the most tempting when you feel lonely. 
because it basically gives you an artificial technological way of feeling validated. The problem is, in addition to flooding your mind with destructive thoughts, porn doesn't actually fix your need for acceptance. You may think it does, but you ultimately just end up feeling lonelier than you did before. Isn't that true? Yeah. But maybe the worst part of porn is that it desensitizes you. It tricks your brain into thinking of humans as objects and products that are there solely for you. And by the way, here's a tip. Anytime you see a person who's made by God as a product for you to use, you're about to do something you're going to regret. But this isn't just about porn. This is also about the way we interact with people and treat them when they're on the other end of our phones or computers. Now, I know this sounds really serious, but you know what? It is. Like when we're looking at our phones, we don't have to look people in the eye. And when we don't have to look someone in the eye, we act braver and say or suggest things that we never communicate in person. Isn't that true? Yeah. This is even true when it comes to the people you date. Like people who are theoretically very accepting of you. When it's late at night and you're both, you know, by yourself, which kind of makes you feel like you're in secret, you tend to be more willing to say things, suggest things, agree to things, text pictures, and ask questions that you may not be willing to do at any other time. Your guard is down, your filter is gone, and bad choices can often follow. Even if your biggest social media regret isn't dramatic, most of you can remember saying something, commenting on something, or reposting something that you wish you hadn't, right? But it's not all like doom and gloom here. The, the good part is this, tonight, you have an incredible opportunity to learn something that many people much older than you still haven't figured out. And if you embrace it now, not only can it help you avoid bad decisions in the future, it can actually help you enjoy social media much more right now. Well, today we're going to look at a part of a book in the Bible named Proverbs. King Solomon, who is known as the wisest man ever, he wrote most of it. Many people believe that Solomon was writing here in this passage to one or all of his sons. So it wasn't like he posted Instagrams giving people like generic quotes like, follow your dreams, you know. No, he wrote these words with a very specific motivation to real people. And he wanted the best life for his own sons. So in Proverbs 14, 6, Solomon writes this. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. One who is wise. Now, wise isn't about who makes the best grades or who's the most intelligent. Sometimes, in fact, very smart people make very unwise decisions. We've all seen that. Uh, wise people are people who make decisions that are better for their future. They're people who go for the best life has to offer instead of just following what everyone around them does. And then he says, one who is wise is cautious. Cautious is defined as being careful to avoid potential problems or dangers. It doesn't mean you live a sheltered, frightened life. No, it just means that you know how to look ahead and see where there could be trouble. That's cautious. And then he says the wise are cautious. Well, then Solomon turns to the fools, the people who aren't wise. And he calls them reckless. Like, have you ever heard of someone getting a ticket for like reckless driving? 
One of the reasons these tickets exist is because we don't want people to drive dangerously, right? The point isn't to make driving boring, no. The point is to prevent people from getting hurt. In fact, you may think it's fun, or it would be one day when you actually get a license in a car to drive fast and somewhat dangerously, but none of us want other people driving dangerously on the road around us or our families or our best friends. And here's the point. Solomon is saying, even if it feels good in the moment, don't be reckless. Don't put yourself in a position to hurt others. He goes on to say, foolish people are careless. Have you ever said a careless thing to someone else? Ever made a careless mistake? And in those moments, if you're like me, you often kick yourself and you wonder, why did I stop and think before I said or did that? Basically, careless decisions are decisions with no stop and think before filter. You know what I'm saying? Here's why Solomon's words are so perfect for our discussion on social media. Because late at night, or when you're by yourself, and all you have is your phone, that's when you're most likely to let your guard down. When you feel lonely and have privacy, that's when you're most prone to be reckless and careless. Okay, you, you may be thinking, dude, enough bad news. Tell me what I'm supposed to do with everything I just heard. Well, let's go back to the first part of the verse. He says, the wise are cautious. And here's where I think we could potentially misapply this verse. It's even something I've thought or said to myself before. And it goes like this. Okay, I need to remember this. The next time I'm not feeling great about myself or on my phone late at night, I'll keep this in mind. If, you know, someday in the future, I'm tempted to do something or say something I shouldn't. But look, you don't want to try to remember in moments when your emotions are the highest and you're feeling the weakest. That is not a good strategy. There is a way better approach. When it comes to social media, you got to make up your mind ahead of time. You got to decide now how you are going to be wise and cautious. You got to decide now what you will or won't do then and create boundaries for yourself around your decisions. So you remember the trouble formula that we talked about at the beginning? Loneliness plus privacy plus social media equals trouble. Well, there's a second formula, and it's kind of the reverse of that. I call it not the trouble formula, but the triumph formula. And it goes like this. Pre-decide plus pre-invite plus plan a way out equals triumph. Let me say that again. Pre-decide plus pre-invite plus plan a way out equals triumph triumph. Let me break down each one of those. The first part is to pre-decide. You need to make a list of things that you will and will not do or say on social media, especially when you're by yourself. Things like, hey, which sites will you avoid when you're by yourself? Which lines will you never cross or never cross again on social media? This should also include texting, which isn't technically social media, but it still needs the same lines and boundaries. It's all in there together. Or, or what sorts of things will you refuse to do or say to another person online, no matter how much they insulted, hurt, or frustrated you, or how much you want to do it in the moment? This list could continue all day, but it's really up to you to pre-decide and make up your mind ahead of time. So the first part is pre-decide. And then, next, pre-invite Whatever you decide, you're going to need help sticking to the plan. And you need to ask someone you trust, like your small group leader, if you can share your pre-decision with them. Like invite them to give you advice on your plan now and pre-invite them to consistently ask you questions down the road about how you're doing with that plan. 
If you're really serious, give them your passcode and permission to scroll through your phone anytime you're together. That's pre-invite. And then the last one, finally, is plan a way out. Because you need an escape route. You need to be able to have a handful of exits when you find yourself in a tough situation. Like, for example, if you're tempted to cross a boundary, turn your phone off, put it on the kitchen table, and then go back to your room and play offline video games until you get sleepy, you know? Or delete the app if it's causing you, you know, issues or temptations. It takes three seconds to delete the app. Don't worry. Your pictures will still be on Instagram when you reinstall tomorrow. Your Snapchat will still work if you download it again in 10 minutes. It just forces you to take a second and think about what you're doing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm headed down the road. I'm just going to delete it. Or maybe you need to put your phone in airplane mode. Like the next day, you can tell people your internet went off. Oh my goodness. Which is true because you, you turned it off. Or maybe, you know, you ask your mom to call you and then tell people, oh, I got to go. My mom's, my mom's calling me. You know, I got I to gotta, I gotta go. I got to get out of the situation. So, so to summarize, here's the, the triumph formula. Pre-decide what you will and won't do. Pre-invite someone to ask you tough questions and pre-plan a way out so you know how to escape danger before you're in it. When it comes to social media, you got to make up your mind ahead of time. I know this may sound a little crazy, or maybe even a little overboard, but one of the most dangerous things about social media is that it has the potential to filter how we see other people. It can make us feel like people are objects and not human beings who have real lives on the other end of the phone. And when you learn about Jesus, you realize he cares a ton about humanity. I mean, one of the best things about him is that he always saw people as so valuable, even when the rest of the world saw them as less. And he wanted us to truly care for people in the same way. Jesus gave great honor and respect to the people that he encountered because he wanted to model for us how to do the same. And guys, if we're gonna do that, then we have got to have a filter on our social media. Because when it comes to social media, you gotta make up your mind at a time.